Hello and welcome to another Rove podcast in celebration of 50 years of the UAE. And we're celebrating the young Emiratis that have made a difference and continue to drive the country forward. I'm Paris Norris, the guy in Dubai, and during this series we'll be chatting with some really interesting people from captains of industry to captains of aircrafts. And today uh, we have the UAE's youngest Emirati woman pilot, Nuf Omar. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. And you've just flown in to be here. Yes, I did. Where did you come from? Uh, I came from uh, Stockholm. I arrived yesterday evening. Fantastic. Now, just uh, for those people who, who don't know what it is you do, uh, just give a little bit of a, a, a brief. Sure. Um, no, from well, as you said, I'm 24 years old from Dubai. I'm a pilot in Emirates Airlines. I fly the Boeing 777 airplane. I've been flying for almost four years. I've been to over 70 destinations all around the six continents that we fly to. Wow. Now, two bits of information I pulled out there. <laughs> You've been doing it for four years and I you're am. only 24. Yes. So you, you started very young. So when, when did you first start training as a pilot? I graduated from high school. Uh, I was 17 and a half and I joined the uh, National Cadet Pilot Program at Emirates Airlines for Emiratis. And uh, I did some training in Dubai, then went to Spain to do my initial flight training then I was back to Dubai to do the type rating on the 777, and I started flying uh, then. That's incredible. So, I mean, for somebody who's figured out at such a young age what they want to do, I mean, I've got friends my age at 36 who still haven't figured it out what they want to do. So you must have had some very uh, strong early inspirations. Um, so my question is, did, did you have uh, members of family who were also in the same industry? And how did... Dubai or the UAE at large inspire you because it has a very interesting story about aviation itself. Absolutely. Uh, I was 16 when I first met uh, a real pilot, I would say, and it was my cousin uh, or my dad's cousin, uh, Captain Samir. And uh, during our conversations about airplanes and flying and when I kind of saw his lifestyle, I was like, this is what I really want to do. Uh, thinking about my personality and what I really wanted to have as a, a career in life. Uh, that's when it hit me that this is the perfect job for me. I'm a very active person. I'm not used to routine, and this was like the perfect uh, opportunity, I would say. Um, when it comes to Dubai, obviously, um, this is a city of opportunities. And to be uh, an Emirati, we have uh, a lot of uh, opportunities to kind of achieve anything that we wish to achieve when it comes to goals or um, anything we want to really, um, or where we see ourselves in the future is, Dubai gives us uh, the place, I mean, it's the place to achieve anything that you really want to uh, achieve, as I said. Um, I remember going to air shows when I was uh, in high school, and uh, I was very excited when I kind of, I was able to relate my future career, which I wasn't still a uh, pilot then, and to see the actual airplanes uh, in front of me, it was like, it, it was right there when I knew this is what I really want to do as well. Uh, just reassured that this was the perfect, the, I would say perfect career for me. Uh, let's put it that way. And um, yeah, as I said, the opportunities are always there. I think, you know, I can take a bit of uh, reflection in what you just said because, you know, I'm not from here, but I came uh, from the UK to here because I think the UAE 
you really can choose what you want to be. From the UK, I know that you couldn't be anything unless you have uh, done the ranks and been in it long enough. And people put a lid on your enthusiasm um, because it was very competitive. People don't like to see that you're out there trying harder than they are or being more ambitious because you know everyone likes to think they're ambitious, but quite often they don't actually want to do the work. Mm. So um, I found in the UAE, ev- you know, certainly coming from abroad, you could start afresh. What what do you want to be? Um, and 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 people support that. They 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 hear your story, and it's like okay, we'll I'll, I'll we'll help you get there. We'll help you get there. I'll support you. And and it's not competitive. It's not it's not like they. Uh, I just feel every everyone's here trying trying hard to achieve something, and there's a, a positive vibe to to allowing people to just believe that they can be what they want to be. I think. Talking about that. Uh, To be honest, what really helped me is, as you said, the environment in Dubai. I got a lot of support from my family, from the school that I graduated from. Everyone was excited to see me uh, become a pilot. Everyone was, uh, you know, cheering me up for uh, actually choosing such a career. And not only that, but actually achieving that and starting uh, the flying um, career, I'd say, uh, starting from my studying and until I graduated. And everyone was just so supportive. And as you said, there is no competition. Everyone wants you to be there everyone wants uh, to support you everyone wants you to become number one and everyone is so proud of me that it really it's very touching but it also keeps me going keeps me doing what I am doing and um, I think that really helped I would say with being in a field where women are not um, are not um, the majority I would say is more males so to choose a career like this that's a bit uh, I wouldn't say um, it's not weird, but uh, it's very rare. Let's put it that way. It's very rare to see women in the flight deck. And to choose a career like that, I got more positive comments than very little negative comments of people who I would say just close-minded people, people who have not been maybe educated about it yet. But uh, I think I was uh, I was lucky and I'm very blessed to be from uh, Dubai because of that, the open-mindedness. Yeah, no, well, that's great to hear because that, that was going to be my next question in terms of, you know, was there more support or more conflict by you doing something a little bit different to what, what may be out there? But Support all the way. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I have a question for you, and I don't know if you know this, but you might know this, but okay. the, the, the listeners might not know this. Um, do, do you know who the first person to fly an aircraft was? Uh, Emily something. <laughs> I think her name is Emily. The female, you mean, or no? Uh, oh. Person. Um, I'm not sure. Okay, I'm gonna date date back, uh, maybe a thousand and one thousand one hundred years. Okay. So, back in the golden age of the sort of Arab Enlightenment period in 850 AD, okay. a man by the name of Abbas Ibn Farnas. He was okay. an Arab inventor. Now, that's a name you might yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was around the same era as Ibn Battuta and all these scholars yes. that went to Spain and Europe to uh, uh, develop their, uh, their knowledge. And they uh, worked out algebra and mathematics and uh, astronomy and all these things. So when I was learning to fly, and I, I'm definitely not as accomplished as you are, um, I came across that story and realized that actually the sort of 
early birth of aviation, although back then it was more like a, a glider. Yeah, yeah. But it was, uh, it really was a, the, uh, maybe the first account that we have of someone actually flying with an aircraft was, uh, was from the Arab region. So in some ways, it's in your bones. <laughs> yes, it should be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it's funny because I think uh, I think you know uh, I've often heard that people say you know it's amazing how Emirates has taken over and the skies here and made this such a strong hub. But actually, you know, aviation is is not something new here. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we, we were talking earlier about you know your ambitions as a as a pilot. And um, uh, you know how that works because of, I was wondering whether it's about increasing your level is about increasing the aircraft or moving to different aircrafts. But explain to us like how how it works and what you aspire to be within the aviation industry. Sure. Um, when it comes to uh, being a pilot, it's um, I would say it's just, it's just like a normal uh, job. When it comes, I mean, experience experience is what's going to get you to your next position or next ranking let's say uh, with the pilots as you can see or many of you if, you tra if you've traveled you've seen the pilots have uh, bars or like the golden straps on their wings on their shoulder sorry and that identifies basically the amount of hours they have which means which can which is related to the experience or uh, experience that pilot has so uh, in emirates we start with cadet pilot one one stripe and then it goes to first officer two stripes Senior first officer, three stripes, and then trainee and captain, four stripes. And all, all the first three are you're on the right seat. And once you become a captain, uh, you're on the, you turn to the left seat, and then you become the commander of the airplane. And that means you are the pilot in command when it comes to any decision making. You're the person that makes that decision mainly. Uh, so any uh, student or any pilot who starts flying, the ambition is basically to, to turn from the right-hand seat to the left-hand seat. And that is because the whole mindset changes then and you become, obviously, the experienced person, the most experienced on the airplane. Uh, and simply being the commander of the airplane is just the title that every pilot wishes to have at some point in their career. And you've got two stripes now? I have two stripes, yes. So not far off four stripes. Have any uh, Emirati women ever reached the four-stripe level? Not yet, but we have actually one of my colleagues, uh, Hanan, she's almost there. And uh, we're all very excited for her to be the first Emirati captain, I would say, with four stripes uh, in the UAE. That would be fantastic. Yeah. And generally, how many years experience does it take to get there? And, you know, how far are you off reaching okay. that level? Uh, to become a captain, you need about 6,000 hours and you need to be a minimum of 30 years old. So once you have both ticked off then you can become a captain and obviously go through the training first um so i'm 24 now and i have about 2500 hours so i need to wait about six years to become 31st and then obviously the hours will build as i get to that age so uh, and to me to be honest I'm, I'm i wouldn't say i'm in a rush but uh, i'm taking my time because it's all about the learning experience as well in every flight and that's what i love about aviation every flight you learn something new and uh, sometimes I teach stuff, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a two-way thing, you know, we both learn from each other, although he's, he might be more experienced and I might be less experienced, but let's say I might know something he doesn't know, or I might uh, have read something that he uh, probably read and, you know, it's, it's just exchanging knowledge um, in the flight deck that, are, that is really amazing with this job. And it keeps you always, you know, um, updated uh, and, um, 
it keeps it exciting, I would say. Yeah, interesting. I, I was uh, talking with uh, one of the Red Arrows pilots, uh, which is the display team, the yeah. fighter jet display team from Great Britain, um, uh, a guy called Will Cambridge, who's the, they call him Red 2, so okay. he's the second he's guy the second. In, in, the, in the formation. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, you know, about my journey going forward, learning to fly, because I was learning to fly uh, light sports aircrafts. Um, and he said, you know, the moment you stop enjoying it is the moment you should stop being a pilot, because when you're enjoying it, you're learning, and you've got to constantly be, be learning, because it's a, it's a never-ending process. And I have to agree with that, to yeah. be honest. It's, uh, everyone who asks me, everyone I fly with, especially captains, they start the question by, are you enjoying it? And of course I am. Otherwise, I wouldn't, to be honest, and that is absolutely true. I'd say to myself that I love my job and I would keep flying as long as I can. But once I reach that, if if it ever comes, uh, God forbid, the day that I st stop enjoying my job and uh, kind of change that mentality towards my work, because they say what you, when you do what you love, you give it your everything, you know. And and it's it's real because I every time I go to every flight, I go excited. I leave my um, the bad energy at home. I go to work ready, rested, and uh, looking forward to the to a new flight, even if it's a destination I flew to three times or four times. But that new flying with new people, the whole experience, the journey, it's what gets me excited about the job. And I said, if that excitement ever goes away, I honestly don't want to fly because. Um, that's not the place to fly or that's not the place to work if you don't love the job, mm. I would say. Well, I guess you have a huge responsibility in Absolutely. what you're doing. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I, you know, I, that's another thing. You know, I, I fly uh, small planes for adventure purposes and I love the adventure. But with you, it's very structured, huge responsibility, um, but a lot more to know. Uh, you know, it's, it's really a huge amount to be, to be aware of. So, so what is it that sort of keeps you uh, entwined mostly? I mean, like in, in terms of motivated, what? I think it's because, uh, okay, as I said, uh, I might have flown to the destination before, but it could be a different set of crew. It could be different captains, different um, uh, cabin crew. So just that meeting new people um, and the circumstances that go, we go through to do that flight could be different than the time I did it before. And there's always something new. Like anything could happen, um, different scenarios, different situations could happen on, on every flight that makes the job exciting, I would say. And the responsibility, I actually like the responsibility. You know, it doesn't stress me at all. It just motivates me to do a better job because I want to be the best at what I do. And um, the whole flying journey. Now we, um, I don't want to get too detailed with the technicalities of flying but when we fly we do the takeoff and the landing manually and then at some point we engage the autopilot so on route usually it's the autopilot but to take off and landing we do it manually and that's what excites me you know i can fly the plane like i fly the triple seven without any autopilot's help so that excites me and i try to do it as, uh, as long as i can so uh, we have a limit of twenty thousand feet that's when we have to engage the autopilot but uh, so I usually try to maximize the time I hand fly the airplane because it gives me skills, hand flying skills, and because we don't do it so much because it's only takeoff and landing. So every time I am on a flight and if it's my sector, like I'm flying, I actually enjoy hand flying the airplane myself. 
and uh, that's what keeps me excited I guess. So we're just sort of it seems like we're coming out of the pandemic now but that was a particularly turbulent time for the travel industry uh, very difficult time for airlines um, talk me through sort of what your experience was and how you got through it and where you see us now are we are we back to 2019 levels or is it still recovering? When COVID hit, uh, as you said, uh, the airline industry was really uh, hit badly as well, affected in a very bad way. But uh, I would say we continued flying. Actually, flying became, uh, we uh, had more flights. I remember having more flights than I did before uh, in a month. And uh, mainly the, the reason was probably cargo requirements around the world. We were transferring cargo from all around the world um, when it comes to medicine, uh, masks, pharmaceuticals, um, the cargo demand increased rapidly, I would say, over the last year that we've had COVID, since COVID started. So I've been doing a lot of mixed operation, cargo, passenger, repartition flights, uh, getting people home from wherever they are or taking them home. Uh, so we really played a big part in that when it comes to the airline industry. Uh, talking about now, yeah, things are going back to normal. I would say 85% of our operation is back, again, uh, flying. Uh, all our airplanes are uh, uh, already busy, no airplanes standing when it comes to the 777. Maybe a couple of 380s are uh, still remaining, but uh, the demand is picking up. Uh, more countries have opened, the restrictions are less now, and people want to travel, obviously. So, and of course, what's better than Dubai, the hub and the middle of the world, you know, to fly people from east to west and south and north. So uh, it's picking up. I wouldn't say maybe it's 100% like it was before, but it's getting there. It's, it's in a short period of time, things will be back to normal, inshallah. Inshallah. So um, when 9-11 happened, that had a, a permanent effect on the aviation industry. Uh, some procedures that uh, have have continued to stay. Do you think the pandemic has also added a, a some some procedures and, and a way of um, flying that's going to stay for forever? Talking about the 9-11 uh, procedures that have been added since the, the incident, we had to always have someone in the flight deck, not only 9-11, in general. Uh, one of the rules that many airlines, airlines still had was to have someone in the flight deck when one of the pilots went stepped out of the flight deck. So there's always got to be two people in the flight deck. But after COVID, this restriction was removed. So now we, the pilots can remain alone in the flight deck, at least for our airline. So this was a positive change, I would say, comparing to before. It's not, it doesn't make a big difference whether a pilot can stay alone or has to have someone with him or with her. But it was a good change to see from, because it's been there for a very long time. Uh, when it comes to COVID, the restrictions I or the procedures, I would say there's not many, to be honest, because COVID, when we're talking about what it is, it's just the disease itself, right? It's the, it's the virus itself. So flying, how does it affect us? It doesn't affect us so much. It's just that people have to keep wearing their masks. Obviously, the um, air conditioning, uh, they've increased or doubled or tripled the um, ventilation um, system to kind of clear the air every uh, two minutes. Um, so it, it kind of became safer or much better than it was before, uh, more protected. Um, when it comes to food and uh, beverages, maybe they're served in a, in a more cleaner way, I would say. And not that they weren't before, 
But now everything is just more uh, hygiene, I would say, and uh, uh, people are realizing you need to keep, you know, your hands clean and all that stuff. So it's, I would say it's a positive change, but uh, not to the airline industry. But when you talk about the operation of flying itself, every flight, the services, the um, how things happen in the flight, I think they're the same or even better. I suppose sometimes these things have to happen for people to become aware and then Absolutely. you know the, yeah. these policies get put in place which maybe should have been before but yes. it's uh, it's just some, something, something needs to... This is the airline industry. Something has to happen for us to learn yeah. <laughs> and yeah. set something new, a new rule or a new procedure. As yeah, you know. I think that's human nature. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, you know, you, you've done incredibly well for yourself at, at, uh, at a young age. Um, and you, I think you were fortunate to know at a young age what you wanted to do. What would you say to, to someone starting out, you know, a, a younger you or somebody trying to, to follow your footsteps into the aviation industry? What would be your sort of big advice? If we talk about the aviation industry alone, I would say it's such an exciting industry. It's very um, active. You have a lot of opportunities when it comes to job opportunities. Um, there are so many, so it's a big umbrella, and under it falls a lot of other um, majors or departments. Or it's just an exciting um, uh, industry to be uh, working for or at. Um, when it comes to goals and what you want to do. I honestly say that age is just a number. As you said, I was fortunate to kind of uh, find my um, career, I would say, or the chosen path for myself at a very young age. But even for those who are like 36, like your friend, for example, it's never too late. And if you don't find it at 20, you can find it at 30, if not 30, 40, 50. And until you find it, you will find it someday. Maybe just work on yourself a little bit more, kind of self-discover, um, like... Can I ask you, have you ever sat with yourself for five minutes just to think about, let's say, your future or your goals? Or We don't do that a lot, you know? Unless you're aware that you need to give yourself, let's say, five or ten minutes daily to just think about what you really want to do. Like so many, um, I would say, are you really happy with the job that you're doing? Uh, if not, why are you still doing that job, you know? Um, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to find a new a new passion. For those who want to start the, in the aviation industry, I'd say it's a very beautiful, um, very beautiful industry. I really love aviation, and I inspire anyone to who's looking for that. Um, um, how do you say the energy? You know, um, we're always running around. Uh, uh, airports are always busy. It's it has a lot of movement. It's an industry that has a lot of movement, and for people who enjoy movement, this is the perfect field, I would say. Fantastic. I think that's really good advice. And uh, I think we do all get so busy and in the, you know, the hustle of life that we never stop to think, you know, where's this going and yeah, what's, what's, absolutely. what's the future about? So and when you sit and do that, you realize that you should have done that probably a long time ago, you know, because uh, what's next? Yeah, the question is, what's next? Okay, if, if I, for me, for example, okay, I've achieved being a pilot, but what's next? What can I do with this career that I could actually maybe uh, help other people? And that's when I started actually taking public speaking um, uh, lessons. And uh, 
the aim or my next goal is, okay, I became a pilot, I was able to achieve that. Now how can I help other people achieve that? And not necessarily to become pilots, but to actually go and do what you really love, whether it's being an artist, whether it's being an engineer, whether it's being, uh, I don't know, a barista, whatever you love, you have to kind of um, acknowledge that first, that this is really what I want to do. And then the next step is working on yourself to actually achieve that goal. And no one's going to... like for me, for being a pilot, no one studied for me to be a pilot. I had to do the work. So the hard work has to come from yourself, from you first. Then maybe the your surrounding will help you, will support you. But you really need to start from inside. And that's how you kind of reach where you want to reach. Because um, if you don't set your life path, no one will. And if they do, they will kind of ruin it for you. Um, so that's what I uh, would say. And I think, you know, we live in a place that is... A manifestation of vision. Absolutely. You know, you look around, and you know, you're sure you're looking at money invested, time spent, hard work, but you're looking at a vision that's that that started with with an idea, you know, and and seeing the future. Um, uh, And it 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 certainly inspires me to start doing that. I honestly, uh, I don't do enough of that, but when I do do it, it sets my next five years. So I'll sit there for maybe half an hour just thinking, usually it has to be prompted by some sort of slightly depressive mode of not being happy about something. Yeah. You know, Maybe it's like, why, why, why am I at where I'm at? Yeah. But then when I reflect and then think and think, no, this is what I want for my future and start putting a vision for it, I then, it starts happening. Yeah. And it, it, uh, it you know, Things that I have seen so clearly, literally, I find myself there, there. at some okay. point. It and all I has to start with the vision, and then the rest continues. As, and I always like to say that Dubai is the place where visions become reality. And as you said, you see yourself in that vision. Fifty years ago, this was a desert, and today, look at us. We're in one of the buildings, um, you know, that uh, are shining in the UAE, and there are many more. So they had a vision to make the city one of the best, and it is almost there, you know, if not already one of the best uh, cities in the world. So if uh, leaders of a small country like this were able to set visions and kind of move forward and become one of the fastest growing countries, why can't we as individuals do that to our own lives? You know, it's possible. You just have to put the effort and the energy to actually get there. Absolutely. Norfoma, that's a really inspirational talk. I want to thank you massively for coming and joining us on the Rove podcast. It's been really uh, a pleasure to speak with you, and we will be following your success in the future, and I'm sure it's bright. Thank you, Paris. It was really great to be here, and thank you for uh, Rove Hotels. Thank you very much. That's the end of this podcast, and follow us at social media at Rove Hotels, and tune in to our next podcast.